0: Hello, and welcome to EdTech Confessions. Sometimes we're embarrassed to admit we don't know how to do something. That's what EdTech Confessions is all about, asking questions and exploring answers. We're here to help.
1: Welcome to the show. We're your hosts. I'm Ann Cosma.
2: I'm Kelly Martin.
1: And I'm Cynthia Nixon.
0: Welcome to our first episode of the new year. You can find our resources at bit.ly B-I-T slash edtechconfessions. That's bit.ly slash edtechconfessions
1: hello friends how are you
0: good how are you
1: awesome well i can't believe we're already into the new year it's crazy huh it's insane yeah okay i'm wondering something i but i need to go back in time to ask this question okay like all the way back to 2018 (laughs) did did you celebrate the hour of code or do anything for computer science and education week yeah, we did.
2: We I actually have the opportunity to teach a sixth grade coding class this year. We've been using um, like block coding all semester. So I wanted to do something different. So I tried to find activities that were like typing based, like Python activities or CoffeeScript, which was really fun. So that was just different for them. Cool. What about you, Kelly?
0: So I put out a challenge to a bunch of my teachers to see how many they could, how many teachers could get their classes to complete the Hour of Code. And I had one whole elementary school complete the Hour of Code, which is awesome. And I had quite a few other classes at different school sites complete it too. And then others who I know did it and just didn't tell me, and that's okay as well. So I'm super excited with the number of students that were able to participate this year.
1: That's so rad. Well, so friends, I want to ask, What happens if you want to go beyond the hour of code, right? It doesn't just have to exist within one week or one month out of the year. So I wanted to bring up some like favorite tools or resources or robots or what you do to engage teachers and students to go beyond the hour of code.
2: Yes, I love that because you're right. It's not just one event one time during the year you know this we celebrate it during computer science education week but it happens all year you can do hour of code any time you want and so that's one thing that you know I bring up to my teachers you don't have to do it in december like if you want to take an hour of code in March or February or January or whenever you want to put it, May, who who cares, you know, just get the Hour of Code in. So um, one thing to remember is that the Hour of Code website doesn't go anywhere. It stays there all year round. So you can do Hour of Code as many times or whenever you want. So if you're just looking for something to add in here or there and kind of keep that energy going in your classroom, you could do Hour of Code once a month if you wanted to do it. So it's there, it's on the website, doesn't go anywhere. So you can use it anytime you want.
1: That's a great point. Yeah, that website never goes away. That's an awesome tip.
0: Yeah, and I have a bunch of the activities from the Hour of Code website linked from um, our students' homepage. So, and I didn't take it down after I put it up last year and I had quite a few teachers and kids. It just started pretty much end of August when we started school, started doing their own little Hour of Code based on those activities, which is great.
1: Yeah, that's rad. Well, what
2: else, Cynthia? Yeah, another thing, and this is something that was new for me this year. I know I'd heard about it before, but I hadn't really done it. And that's Google CS First. And um, it's it's meant and built for like an after-school club where anyone, even if you're not um, a teacher or you're not, you don't know anything about coding, you can still use the materials to successfully host like a coding club. And so I just used those materials and that curriculum for my elective. And I only saw the kids twice a week, you know, one hour each time. So it was kind of perfect for that. And the way they do it is they have several different units, but they're all different topics like their storytelling and making music and sports and fashion and design. So it kind of allows the kids to choose something that's interesting to them. Um, and then practice their coding based on that concept. And they are different like there's two of them that are beginning level topics and some of them are, are medium and and you know you have more um, advanced. But the kids were able to pick the one they wanted and they just went for it and as the the guru they call it <laughs> in there. You know I have I have the dashboard, I have access to everything and the kids really enjoyed it. Um, so we made it through a couple of the different units there, but it's just all there. It's all laid out for you. The kids can choose something that's interesting to them. And there's a lot of freedom in the projects. My kids really enjoyed it. They were able to go in, learn at their own pace, um, and just really be creative with the coding. And it's free, isn't it? Yes. And I'm glad you asked that question. It is free. It is absolutely Nice. Free. And awesome. If you do it far enough in advance, if you sign up in advance, they'll even send you materials because there's like a a little passport kind of book that the kids can get and put stickers and badges on as they finish each of the units. And we didn't do all of that with what we did. Um, but I know some other teachers whose students have really enjoyed that. So yeah, it there's a lot there and, and it's absolutely free. And the videos are great and they're really simple and easy to follow.
1: Awesome. Nice. Yeah.
2: And if you have robots, um, you know, we have a couple, we have um, Dash and Dots. Those are, Those are awesome. They're really great, especially of elementary school kiddos. They're really easy to use. They work with iPads, um, and they're just a whole lot of fun, and it just, it's easy for the kids to catch on. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dash and Dot, but they're the little blue, the little blue ones. It's like, four little blue kind of balls together yep. it's got a little head yep. and it's just super cute and kids of all ages really have a lot of fun with those so if you're looking to get some coding robots and you have access to some ipads um i would recommend those for it's sure. a great
1: starting robot and there's a lot of apps that accompany dash and dot to really help kids dig in great tips cynthia that's awesome thank you yeah kelly what are you into like if you go beyond the hour code what are some things that you all do
0: you know what i'm into Robots.
1: Robots. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so while Cynthia talked about Dash and Dot, I'm a bigger fan of Dash. I don't know, don't know about you guys, but feel like Dash does quite a bit more. Yes. So um, we are rolling out Steam Labs at our elementary school sites this year, and my task has been to roll out robotics. So we have pushed out Ozobots, B-Bots, Dash will be coming this month and ozobots and Beebots are super easy robots to start with mm-hmm. um, ozobots operate on either ozoblockly which is their block coding and you can do that on a chromebook or an ipad or pretty much any device and they also run on color so you can use markers to draw code on paper which is such a great way for kids to learn kind of the patterns of coding and mm-hmm. see it visually first so i love ozobots and they also have tons of lessons that are free that other teachers have made and created so once you have the bots and markers you're good to go and you can buy the ozobot markers but you don't have to the crayola classic markers work well with them as well and actually i had one of my steam lab aides discover that colored pencils also work for those yeah i know but she said you
1: have to color kind of hard but it does
0: work which that's really cool
1: we always use the thick chisel tip sharpies and those are like the best luck that we had
0: those work really well too my only issue with the uh sharpies are the same (laughs) as the markers that come with ozobots is yep. that they they kind of bleed through yep. paper so mm-hmm. you have to be there's usually some desk <laughs> cleaning that happens afterwards yes. but that's all good we always need to clean and i love b-bots for k2 kids because they are so easy to learn how to use my i think i had 24 b in my office before i distributed them distributed yes. them to the school and my first grader was in my office playing with them while i was speaking with the superintendent he ran in, interrupted our meeting <laughs> to tell us he figured out how to make the bee work
2: i love that <laughs> awesome. i love
0: that and uh the superintendent was like i think this is gonna be a hit if he can figure it out he goes how long has he been in there i go 15 minutes That's and he's so cool it's really cool so um every day that he uses them at school he comes home to tell we mom we use the bees today So that's always fun to hear for the win. Um, And they're so cute and engaging and it's, they're so simple to use for kids and for teachers. And so much of what um, I tried to encourage the teachers to do in training the teachers. I didn't tell them how to use them. I made them play with them so that they just learned, just sort of played and figured out how to make them work. The other cool thing that I was able to attend last June, I was able to attend a Pi Academy in Denver so for good. Raspberry Pi, which so was rad. amazing. It was such a great experience um, learning how to code using Python and having it be kind of making and coding together. It's something that I foresee coming to our district in the next couple of years. Once all my elementary kids have gone through using Ozobots and b and then Dash, that they're going to be ready for that next step with python by the time they get to middle school. So I am mm-hmm. super excited about that. That's um, super so cool. I love me some robots.
2: Nice. <laughs> you know, I as I was hearing you talking about the B-bots, I'm always jealous cuz I love the BeeBots and I wish that we had some. Um, and I had a very <laughs> limited amount of budget when I ordered. So we actually got they're just called robot mice and mm-hmm. they pretty much are 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 very very similar to how the Beebots they work the same way with the buttons on the top and those of you who aren't familiar with Beebots you don't need a device you just do the coding right onto the top of them and the mice are the same way um and so I was able to get like 3 mice for the price um of a Beebot so if you're looking for a low budget option there the robot mice are are, are good as well
0: that's what i've heard
1: super cool beyond Bebot. There is something called a BlueBot that you actually can yes. transfer with Bluetooth technology. And there is an accompanying app where you can program the robot and transfer the code via Bluetooth. But that's a little bit, you know, it's the same maker of BeBot. They call mm-hmm. it BlueBot and it's a clear body instead of the yellow and black body. I absolutely love Dash and Dot, Ozobot, BeBot. I'm so glad that you mentioned those. Um, I want to share some things that I always loved um, when I was a Tosa and I still share them with friends all over. Have you ever heard of the Hello Ruby books?
0: Yes. I love Ruby. Love them.
1: I, I love more. Ruby. There's a series of three of these, and these books are so fantastic. That's an adventures in coding, journey to the inside of the computer, and expedition to the internet. And in the words of the author, she says, it's a whimsical way to learn about computers, programming, and technology. And the super rad thing about these books is they're full of hands-on play based experiential activities that really give you the experience not only for coding but like what what is <laughs> a CPU and a computer and some some more of that l- really rich content to help you build your skills and knowledge as you're diving into computer science for the first time. Um, and the characters are lovable. It's so sweet. I use these all the time with K2, uh, especially Hello Ruby, um, back in my old district. But I just, I just love Hello Ruby. It's an incredible website. Check out Hello Ruby World. No, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. That's her. That's her handle on Instagram, I believe. It's just helloruby.com. Nice. Um, but those books are fantastic, and of course, one of my favorite resources to mention all over the place is CS in SF.org. And if you're wondering what the heck I just said, it stands for Computer Science in San Francisco.org. And cs sf is a super incredible website. Not only does it have a PK-12 scope and sequence about computer science, they've broken it down by K2, 3, 5, 6th grade, middle school and beyond with incredible curriculums, step-by-step resources teachers can follow. And you both might might have experienced this. I think there's this hesitation sometimes for educators who don't have a coding or comp side background. Mm-hmm. They're almost apprehensive and afraid to try something, yeah. which, which yeah. is why like an event like Hour of Code is so cool because you can explore through play, right? And go hands-on. But csnsf.org has incredible resources, teacher's guides, um, printable materials, or lesson plans that you can follow. And the cool thing is it uses some of the tools you already mentioned, talks about Beebots. it talks about dat- Dash and Dot, it gets into Scratch Junior and Scratch, and I just am obsessed with this website.
0: Um, You know what I took a bunch of their Lessons I credited them For um, especially the BeBots And their unplugged lessons are all Based on the Hello Ruby books And they're incredible too So the resources there they want you to use Them they want to share that's why They put them up there and They're awesome. I highly, highly recommend them.
2: Yeah, shout out website. Oh my gosh,
1: excited. Yes, shout out to San Francisco (laughs) Unified School District because it is a solid gold gem. It is legit amazing. Mm -hmm. Can I share one more super amazing resource? Of course. Of course, we couldn't really probably get too far without me mentioning Flipgrid because (laughs) I want to share an epic explore a series all about code and team flipgrid um, sort of went behind the scenes and shared there's some really great topics there's six of them what is coding exploring the career the design process um projects debugging and beyond and it's really cool um the team in minneapolis just kind of dug in and shared some really great tips tricks insider resources And the fantastic thing about a Flipgrid Explorer series, it's available on demand whenever you want it in the disco library. So if you didn't do Hour of Code, if you didn't do Computer Science science and Education Week, wow, that was a mouthful to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This Explorer series is, is available for you whenever you want. You just have to go to the Flipgrid disco library and search for Explorer series and you'll see it. It's there for you. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. I'm glad to hear your, your thoughts and your ideas and what you guys are doing um, in your district and beyond because, like we mentioned, Computer Science Education Week Hour of Code is not limited to one week, one day even, one hour. It goes beyond. And, and you can explore code and computer science any day or any week or any month of the school year. So I love these ideas. Thanks for sharing, friends. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And
2: thank you guys for listening. We have some awesome shows coming up in the future, so don't miss them. And you know what? We love to hear from our listeners, so please reach out if you have questions. What will you confess?
0: Don't forget to check out our resources at bit.ly slash